Peoples of the universe, please attend closely. The following information is vital to the future of you all. We have no introduction. Please fill the following moments in whichever depraved, weird way you feel suitable. That is all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Staggering Stories Podcast 359. I'm Adam. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Jean. And I, yes, I am home for 15 minutes and really, really annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> but I still love you. Well, I love you too. Oh, no crumbly, I'm afraid. No. 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 We're not quite sure what's happened to him. Alien production, probably. He was walking around funny. <laughs> It's the only was, logical reason, answer, isn't it, really? Alien abduction. Totally. Yeah. This it's... is what happens when you hit the 21st century and don't have the internet. He's <laughs> probably being probed. How can he not have the internet? He hasn't reached Torsham yet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's the news with El Presidente. Doctor Who news? No, oh, yeah. Stay on target. Mm. Back before video recorders were a thing for most people, those of us in the UK had to relive past Doctor Who stories through novelizations. In these modern times, those weren't necessary, thanks to the likes of the iPlayer, PVRs, DVDs, Blu-rays, and modern forms of interpretive dance. Nonetheless, that hasn't stopped the occasional New Who story being given the novelisation treatment through the classic target range of Doctor Who books. Seven new books are due to arrive in March, with three filling in gaps from classic Who, three adapting New Who stories, and one in between. Those are The Pirate Planet by James Goss, Resurrection of the Daleks by Eric Saywood. Revelation of the Daleks, also by Eric Saywood. The TV Movie by Gary Russell. Dalek by Robert Shearman. The Crimson Horror by Mark Gattis. Just... And The Witchfinders by Joy Wilkinson. And, and actually, that should be The Crimson Horror. Sorry, horror. <laughs> I'd like to point out I held that together well, considering a cat walked on my shoulder <laughs> yeah, I halfway through. <laughs> And still no Doctor's Wife by no. Neil Gaiman. No, oh, no. He's a, no. he's a busy chap, unfortunately. He is a busy lad. But we finally get a Witaka one. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. And only that one is going to have the new logo. Oh. The others will have the uh, classic yes. Pertwee McGann logo. Yes. But from now on, they will all have the new logo for the next bunch. Well, um, I prefer it when they have their own logos. Yeah, I like it when you have the logo yeah. for the Doctor that it relates to. Yeah. Exactly. They, they never did that with Target, though, did they? They always had the latest no. logo. Yeah, yeah it was always because it was branding. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering, Pirate Planet, Resurrection of the Daleks and Revelation have been mm. released as big, thick, chunky books. So Ooh. I'm assuming mm. these are going to be the cut-down versions to Target size like they did with Sh- Sharda. I expect so, yeah. I heard rumours, I'm not sure it's true, that Gary Russell had re-edited his TV movie. Oh, which he obviously did the novelization back in yes, 96. Back, back in the day. I think he may have tweeted a bit since then, but I don't know for sure. Mm. Okay, we will find out. We will indeed. Star Wars. Mm. Lucasfilm <laughs> Games. Us. Mm. Okay. For a good few years now, Disney had an exclusive deal giving EA Games the sole rights to make computer and console games for Star Wars and other Lucasfilm properties. Are there any other Lucasfilm properties anymore? <laughs> there are. Oh, a couple. Only a couple, but there yeah. are a couple. Now that Monopoly has been broken by Disney themselves as they create a new brand named Lucasfilm Games, EA will continue to produce some games for Padawans everywhere, but will also be joined by the likes of Ubisoft. The latter has announced a new story-driven open-world Star Wars game. For those Mm. of you more into whips, Machine Games and Bethesda are jointly working on standalone Indiana Jones games. Expect a lot more games from Lucasfilms games than EA have ever had the ability to create. Is Ubisoft the guys behind the Pokemon Go and the Wizards, the Ooh, Harry Potter? Know. No idea. I, also, I definitely don't. I know they, they're the people behind the Assassin's Creed. They are. Yeah, and uh, Division, I think they did as well, didn't they? Mm-hmm. So they've got a good pedigree in open-worldish, story-driven, questish games. So, yeah, interesting to see. I'm particularly interested in the Star Wars open-world game. Yeah, very yeah. much so. I mean, after um, the Battlefronts, EA has picked up a lot of flack over their Star, Star Wars games and a lot of uh, yeah. fan hostility. The last couple have actually been a lot better, I think, and much better received, like uh, Fallen Order. Jedi yeah. Fallen Order was well-received. Squadrons is quite well-received for people interested in flight sim, X-Wing TIE Fighter stuff. I don't know what it is about them, but Battlefront was the first game since, oh, that Jedi game yonks ago. Yeah. That makes me feel nauseous after about 20, oh. mi- 20 minutes of playing. I don't know yeah. what it is they do. But it's, it's with the frame it, rate problem. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same problem with way back with the, the original Jedi Knight game it, or the Jedi second Jedi Knight. Knight game. Yeah. 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 Back based on the Doom engine. Yeah. And that was just too smooth. You turned around too quickly. Mm. And that made me motion sick. Yeah. Weird. But then I was running a much more powerful machine than it was intended for. Showing showing off again. I played it quite late. It's very hard to enter into a really serious conversation when there's a black and white face staring at me with a look that says, I'm going to kill all humans. <laughs> I don't know why, but Crunchy's got one of those really intensive stares going on, which means that the lights are off and no one's home and she's looking at the end of her nose, but it's still very disconcerting. And you're used to the head of Pertwee. Mm. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. The next news entry 
A-S-D-S. <laughs> was that meant to mean anything? Code. No, no, it's just a placeholder <laughs> for the third one, which I never got around to adding. I couldn't find anything. Oh. Code. Okay. Definitely code. Definitely code. Oh, I was, yeah. I was very tempted to write Tom Baker dead and come up with a, a fake news entry just to <laughs> finish out. Bastard. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Any more news, people? Any addendums? I, I have no addendums. Uh, there was an addendum that I saw and I thought, oh, well, I have to remember that and forgotten it. Oh, dear. <laughs> Ditto. Ditto. Oh, no. Adam? No, nothing. No. News is sparse. Although, is. for anyone who hasn't watched it, Staged 2 is on iPlayer. And I'll just watch it. It's it's wonderful. Yes. Oh, I've watched the first couple. I must get back to it, yeah. I have fallen in love with Georgia Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> she's brilliant. She's terrifying, isn't oh, she? Oh, God. She's... <laughs> she has to be. She's got a hold to keep charge of. What, what was the line of the baby in the car? Oh, yes. Don't worry. The kids are safe. I left them alone playing in the wild. But you bought this one. Well, I had to bring that one. All my tits explode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like that scene though at the end though at the whole Adam thing Adam hasn't when... seen it Adam hasn't seen it Adam hasn't no seen no it. when they're not the actors when they're actually the real selves and they're trying oh, to work yeah, out the yeah. camera and, and the sort of like have, have you hit the record button is it it's the sound <laughs> it's a blooper yeah, an outtake not unlike us to set up a remote recording right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the news Okay, as many people are aware, well, at least four that I know of, it's been 50 years since The Master appeared on our screens for the first time. Yes, yes. Yeah, indeed. We like The Master. So we've decided (laughs) to have a chat about all things Master, Mm -hmm. as well as Big Finish's latest effort, Masterful. Mm. Pause for music. Okay, who was everyone's first master? Mine was um, Ainley, obviously. Yeah, Ainley. Delgado. Yeah. Yeah. The master. Well, he's the he's the best. I suppose actually, it's probably not true. It's probably uh, Jeffrey Beavers. Actually, now I think about it. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey sure. Beavers. Yeah, I missed that few years that's, of Doctor that's Who. That's when he was banned. Yeah, so I never <laughs> I never saw Jeffrey Beavers until after. But yeah, Anthony Ainley was my first. And bless his little cotton socks, he was wonderful. But it wasn't until I'd become obsessed <laughs> and got hold of a couple of uh, Delgados Delgado. yeah. that I realised exactly how dangerous the master could be. Mm. Yeah, it's a different interpretation, particularly at the beginning yes. of uh, mm. Ainley. He was starting to get there towards the end. Yeah, it was much more... Yeah, dangerous is the word towards the end, Ainley. But at the beginning, yeah. he was... Um, him and the Merker could have, yeah, <laughs> could have done Christmas at Blackpool. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, it's odd how the master changed over time. So he started off as a very suave, Bond villain type. He was meant to be Moriarty, so he's meant yeah. to be smart, capable. Then he became Pizza of the Hut. Yeah, mm. yeah, Mr. Crispy. Which, okay, you can forgive him being unsubtle when you're in that sort of condition. And then he just became pantomime yeah. for mm. most of the time after that. Mm. In New Who, has been generally just bonkers. Yeah, it's just, uh, I, I love the Delgado master, but the more you've watched his various incarnations the more it seems like the Delgado master is the exception rather than how it should be played. Yeah. He, stroke she, has been going more and more bonkers as it goes along. Yeah, and that's still true of even the current master. Yeah. I wonder if 
if some of that is where he reached the end of his regenerations and unlike the doctor wasn't given any next new ones or doesn't have an infinite ones depending on whichever version of the reality of who <laughs> they decide to go with um and it's just where he's artificially used other means to ex- extend his life he, if he's mm. like yeah almost like outside time lord equivalent of alzheimer's he's he's changed yeah, he's, his personality so much he's driven he, himself he mad really was. yeah he's driven yeah. himself mad i always remember when i watched the war games i think it's the warlord in that the, the yes the, the, he always reminded me somewhat of the master because i saw that after Anthony yeah, yeah if that was the prototype character and they thought actually this is quite a good character that became the master because it's very similar mm. that kind of like controlling and self-control but yet elements of madness yeah, yeah. i think that's a coincidence but they want to do the time lords mm. for pat Chapman's final story but then a couple of years later they wanted to give as they say the, the doctor his own nemesis mm. yeah his own moriarty it just happened to be he was quite similar yeah. It's quite possible. I know. I know the theory, that theory has been expounded before. The old uh, Fassa, mm. the old Fassa Doctor Who game role playing game back in the eighties, linked the monk, the warlord, and the master as the same character. Oh, yeah. Different, different uh, regenerations of the same character. There's certainly plenty of room because yeah. we get the impression that Delgado is the final incarnation. Possibly, yeah. So we, so we don't know how many there've been before no, that. Y- you're not given a regeneration number. You don't know which master this one is. Yeah. yeah so we we saw one out of thirteen, whatever, and then he was beyond his final body after yeah. that. So yeah, there's only scope, but yeah, we don't know if the Delgado was number four, number five, number 13. Yeah. yeah. He, he like the doctor lives a somewhat precarious lifestyle. He could have regenerated umpteen times before we got to the, um, the greebly. <laughs> what does it say for the doctor's future? If let's say, for example, the time Lords in the five end of the five doctors gave the master his whole new lifespan. Mm-hmm. What does it say for the Doctor that the Master has gone loopily? <laughs> and is the Doctor mm. going to do the same? Mm. Is no, there a risk? No, I don't think so, because the Master's had decayed between his last regeneration and being given the regeneration. Mm. So you've got that element of decay going in. I think there's always been an element of the Master being slightly insane on his best of days. Well, ever, um, ever since he was a he was a nipper. Yeah. Well, the, yes. The drums for the first time. Yeah. Has it always been that way, or has that been changed by events of the time war? This is it. Yeah. So I think I think it's one of those things. That I think he always had a propensity to to end up being slightly fruit loop, <laughs> to put it the technical term. Yeah. <laughs> well, to say to to my mind, the Delgado master was always a businessman first. Mm. He contracted himself out. The only reason why we got stuck with him for so long and it became more or less personal is because he was stuck on earth during mm. uh terror of the autons because the doctor stole the dmat circuit and potentially the only way to get that dmat circuit back would be to take over the planet maybe i do wonder if the reason why the master turned up there is because he heard the doctor had been exiled there and he wanted to get that connection with another person because mm. you get the, the idea the master has nobody yeah. yeah no companions nobody i'm not so sure because certainly the last time we saw the delgo master he was back to contracting himself out again he contracted himself out to the daleks 
uh, what is it, Space uh, space War? No, Frontier in Space. Yeah. He'd contracted himself out to the Daleks a long way away from 20th century Earth where he knew the Doctor was. And mm. I, I just love to imagine his face yeah. when he's, this police box suddenly turned up in yeah. one of the, <laughs> the Ogron halls. <laughs> no! Yeah. Maybe he's got, he got bored of the Doctor after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Out of curiosity, which do you think there's been more actors played the part of, the Doctor or the Master? Well, the Doctor. Ooh. Do you include Big Finish? No, just TV appearances. Oh, so not the stage plays and all that? No. Uh, I, Including uh, flashbacks? It's got to be the Doctor, it's isn't it? Be the it's got to be the Doctor. It's got to be like, 15, 16 of the Doctor at this point. Yeah. Too. Just, there's been thir- it's either 13 or 14 different actors have played the Master on screen. Really? really? Okay. Is that including yeah. stuntmen and... Yeah, not including stuntmen, surely. Roger Delgado. Like Delgado. Edward Brayshaw. Oh, oh, that's if you count... These could uh, be the big war. Finnish ones as well. No, he's uh, the war or whatever, the war chief yeah. warlord, whichever one that is. Don't, but yeah, he's, he's had a few sure incarnations, but I think it's because we don't tend to remember so much the ones where he was deformed and that kind of stuff, and they quite often just one-off stories. Hmm. Well, yeah, we, we do know them. We'll see, we've got uh, Pratt and we... Peter then, Pratt, uh, Jeffrey... Jeffrey Beavers. They were arguably potentially the same incarnation. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I've always wondered, whether those two are the same. Yeah. I know... That's not quite so decayed. Somehow yeah, repaired himself a bit. makeup was different and whatever, and so it was a different actor as well. But I'm just wondering if yeah. there was always mm. meant to be the same. He's almost become vampiristic at that point, because he can't mm. regenerate, so he's almost living on the life force of other beings. Yeah, he's a leech. Yeah. And how much is even left of the original Master? By the time you get to the TV movie... Eric Roberts. Is it even still the master? Is it just a copy of the master's mind at that point? Yeah. Just nothing of the original left apart from maybe some kind of consciousness. Maybe that's not even the real original. Who knows? But you could say that about the doctor. You know, each regeneration wipes him, him or her out, except for the mind. Uh, I think. Yeah, it's different there. There's some continuity there. But here, jumping between species and. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, the doctor's regeneration so far has been a natural process. While yeah, whereas the, the master is uh, stealing bodies. Yeah. Poor yeah. yeah. When John Sim is brought back. Is, yeah. is that still the original body? What is that? Yeah. Well, is that just a copy of his mind When he steals ring? the bodies, they're not Time Lord bodies, so does he somehow no. manage to augment them to become dual-hearted? And... Well, he's smart enough. Why didn't he go for... Obviously, in the TV movie, he tried to get the Doctor's body. We would have thought he would have tried harder to get a some kind of Time Lord body, if not the Doctor, somebody's. Yeah. Well, perhaps, it, perhaps he has. Yeah. Maybe. So, we've spoken about our first master. Who's your favourite? Mm-hmm. Mm. Husband? It's got to be a split, really, between Ainley mm-hmm. and Derek Jacobi. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Particularly in the audios. Yeah, the audios. I've listened to a couple of audios, but just kidding it down to the the uh, television performance, it was just those ten minutes yeah. of yeah. shark eyes. <laughs> it was so short, but he is great in the audios. He's yeah. very Delgado-ish. Oh, I'd yes. Like, yeah. I'd like to have seen... Derek Jacobi actually do he's a bit like um, Paul McGann I'd like to have seen a little bit more of him on screen i.e. do yeah. a complete yeah. episode but, yeah, so have, having said those, yeah. those those audios it is still to a certain extent it is still oh god what was the Yana? Yana? Yeah, it, so it's still an extent to Yana he's still an affable buffer yeah. but it's got yeah, that yeah, yeah. vicious streak to it mm. you, you can see yeah. yana in there so yana is the front that yeah. uh, the master puts on yes 
It's the watered yeah. down Before version. Before the fangs show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, isn't he nice? Little like like a cat. You yeah. know, like the kitten. Oh, nice little kitten, and then suddenly claws, claws, <laughs> and teeth, and blood. Now, mine, mm. based on just how much I enjoy watching the performance, it's it's Michelle Gomez. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. absolutely oh, adore her master or Miss Missy. Yeah. Both in audio and on TV, <laughs> she's just been oh, there's just something special about her. Well, that's something we've got to get into in a minute when we go uh, turn over to Masterful. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, mm. she's she is my favourite at the moment. Mine obviously is going to be Delgado. He's the template for me. I think it, it's a toss-up for me between John Sim hmm. and Sasha Darwin. Okay. Um, I did like. I th- I felt John Sim had that same kind of when he was being sane and rational he had that kind of same air of suaveness but actually gave you the feeling that he could be menacingly evil as well and <laughs> I got that a bit from Sasha Darwin as well Missy I just never got the feeling she could be that bad Oh she, god I did Oh uh, no, crikey no. I she, I think I think she was teetering on the edge of Stepping over the edge into being pure evil. Oh, points. I always thought she was she's stepping over onto the edge of being insane and probably done bad, at, but not in the controlled way that the master is evil. Yeah, I think she to stepped me, over was, into insane ages yeah, ago. To me, it was more <laughs> in, insane evil rather yeah. than controlled evil. Whereas the master's always been, even when he loses control, he you can see it, and he very quickly has to regain control. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I was never entirely sold that Missy was actually the master because <laughs> of that n- lack of control. But I think mm. John Sim had that as I well. Did, that, that, that was my trouble yeah. with John yeah. Sim, is the fact that he was more playing it as the Joker rather than the master. Yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah. he's not the Joker. There is a definite difference between the two characters. And, now, I understand he was playing it as it was written. Mm. I understand Yeah. That. And, and his master changed a lot as well over time. When we saw oh, yeah. it in the final time with Capaldi, yeah. he was yes. a much more toned down, a much more stable. Back towards Del- Delgado-ish, but not quite. Hmm, my favourite though. Gordon Tipple? <laughs> no, uh... The eyes, the eyes take it for you, do they? Was he meant to be the same master as uh, Ainley? I'm not sure. I don't anyway, know. Um, I think I'd have to go for Delgado as well, because the one thing that Missy lacked, although she was great and really entertaining, and I think the the best master of New Who so far, is she she lacked the plans. Mm, yeah, she she yeah. wasn't out for world domination. She didn't have any great schemes. She had that thing with the side men trying to become friends with the Doctor, whatever that was all about. But actually, you don't think of her as a great schemer. No. Whereas Delgado was a great schemer. Ainley was to an extent, although he completely messed it up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, though. We say the Doctor, wonderful chap, all of them. And the Master, it's utter bastard, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they are supposed to be the two sides of the same oh, coin, completely. aren't they? Yeah. Completely. Yeah, share the same mind. Got to wonder why. Why did they go such different ways? Big Finish have teased at this or tried to address this in some some points. Hmm. And uh, we've also got the uh, the untempered schism right at the beginning. Yes, yeah, of course. Some go mad. Yeah, some run away. Some are inspired. Yeah, you get the feeling from that that a lot would go mad. Yes. We haven't seen many no. well, mad. The Rani, not really. She, no, she was a scientist just... doing immoral 
mengler type things may be but she was out there for her own curiosity she yeah. was there doing experiments this is where um scripts write things that help for the plot that then become canon kind of <laughs> style when we first had and Ang- and that kind of stuff we had none of this sound of drums and the schism and that kind of stuff um no. the sound of drums was very much put in there to form a mental link so it might be that yes a lot of them do go a bit kind of like mad when they see the schism but calm down they don't have Rassilon putting drum beats into their head which echoes back and forth through their timeline in order to link a planet to it to drag them out of an alternative dimension. Oh, That's so enough to make getting... anyone slightly mad. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, as I said earlier, has that always been that way or has that, has yeah. that changed because of the, uh, because time, of the time war or whatever? But having said that, I don't know. having said that, we've also had Morbius who's went through loops, mm. Beruza who, uh, eventually went off the wagon he did and also if you yeah. think about it compared for a whole an entire planet there aren't that many time lords well we don't know so, really, yeah. well we hard you know we hardly ever see very many so do the ones that go do lally unless their um families are very very well off do they become shobagons I don't know, when you had the um the tenant's last story and you had Rassilon doing his, you know, power bit, the modern version of the Panopticon was full of time lords. <laughs> yeah, but not planet wide. There was a them. lot there was there was less than a football pit a football match worth of time <laughs> lords there. There was, there was as many would turn up to a football game. <laughs> yeah, but planet wide, that's still teeny weeny. <laughs> Well, yeah, we we don't know. Yeah, we don't know we how don't it know. works. Because there, however many billion children there were, let alone how many adults there were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the population is is huge. Yeah, and and we just it. don't see them. We don't know where they are. Yeah, maybe they're all off They've in their own pocket dimensions. Well, that that was it. You, you, the, how many children were on the planet? Billions, you know, billions and billions. But that was only a football stadium. So, how much mm. can you fit into a football stadium? A couple of I thousand, mean, hundred thousand. If if all if time lords and Gallifreyans are genetically the same species and the same people, it could be that you you do this thing with the schism, and those that don't go mad or don't hide their madness are the ones that then can be trained as time lords yeah, and the others I mean. carry on their life as normal Gallifreyans and that's how yeah. you distinguish which may mean that you might only get one in a hundred yep, that that's exactly either are what I able <laughs> to hide their madness or don't go mad Ooh. I wonder how this all fits in with the, the new backstory we have with the division and all that mm. the people were speculating that actually the master is a timeless child. And I don't believe yeah, that. I've heard that one. But what if they were both mind wiped? Maybe they both go back a long way. Yeah. There's a whole variation. It could be that they were found as twins. It could be that it was actually the master that's that's the child and he's made the doctor think it's her just to play with her mind because and make ass. her feel guilty for what he's done and it's all her fault and all the rest of it. Because it would be the kind of thing he would do. Yeah, but it doesn't explain Dr. Ruth or the uh, or the Morbius Doctors. So clearly the Doctor never, has had previous lives. See, I never had the problem with the Morbius Doctors. I always thought the Morbius Doctors were Morbius. I didn't think they were the Doctors. I thought that they were you seeing Morbius being pushed back because he was the one that went off with his head blowing up inside its little goldfish <laughs> bowl. I, I never, ever thought they were 
precursors of the Doctor. I always thought they well, were, were Morbius's yeah. Doctor. Yeah. Incarnations. Do, I do wonder if maybe they they're both mind wiped at the same time, both returned to children at the same time. Maybe they both somehow felt disillusioned with the division, mm-hmm. which yeah. is yeah. why they were kicked out and mind wiped. So maybe there's history there that they don't even realise. If, even thicker plot, maybe the master is the first Gallifreyan that the successful serum derived from the time child actually worked and like her created an unlimited regeneration and they come out yeah it's a whole variation stop it now (laughs) that's just silly (laughs) the trouble with that is we've still got uh another season of at least another season of chibnall so you don't know what he's going to add change or rearrange to that yeah see this could all be quite sensible compared to what (laughs) well maybe but it does seem quite likely the master did did run out of regenerations Mm. yeah i i think he did run out of regeneration he got a new set because the Time Lords brought him back for the Ultimate Warrior. So he's got another yeah. section set of uh, regenerations to play with. So that does discount Timeless Child, I think, in his case. Although I could certainly see him being there, be out doing things for the Division and then getting yeah. mind wiped as well. Yeah. And uh, subconsciously is why they've got that connection, those two. Mm. Possibly. As they go way back. Maybe. I think possibly they're meant to be related in some way because they were both at the Pyridonian Academy together. So they're both Pyridonians. So they were in that yeah, chapter. So it depends how it's selected. Is, is it bloodline or is it the sorting house a la Harry Potter? The sorting hat of Rassilon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a whole story there. Because <laughs> previously, uh, before this timeless child and whatever i thought it was bloodlines they were in some mm. way distant not not brothers but in some way distantly related from the mm. fam- same family tree yeah i did but, as well but th- that was just me so there was there was percy pridonian yeah <laughs> many many years ago well, and they all descended from yeah him. <laughs> almost like they were cousins or something like that yes. i always yeah. got that okay. feeling there was that not brothers but i know okay. there was towards the end of sylvester's era they were going, apart from they were doing some hints about the Doctor being more than just a normal time, yeah. but it did start yeah. back mm-hmm. then. There yeah. was some talk about actually making the Master the Doctor's brother. Yeah. Well, Degardo's final story yeah, was meant the, to be the, that. Yeah, it? the Degardo final story would were meant to have uh, uh, revealed the true link between them, but yeah. circumstances, that didn't happen. I'm glad, yeah. obviously I'm not glad Roger Delgado was killed, but I'm glad that no. didn't happen because mm. yeah, that would have been an end of the character. Yeah. 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 There would have been no mystery to it anymore, so they would have had very little yeah. reason to bring him back. What would be your favourite master story? Mm. F- funnily enough, even though... Michelle Gomez as Missy is my favourite. My favourite master story always has been Castrovalva. Yeah? Yeah. I loved The Keeper of Traken. Yeah. Full credit to Anthony Ainley. I adored Tremas. He was a very, almost, he was a grandfatherly figure. And (laughs) I was quite cross at the end (laughs) of The Keeper of Traken. And, yeah, and Castrovalva... It's a cracker. I could watch it over and over again. It's been my favourite master story. Mm. I suppose I've got a soft spot for the uh, Deadly Assassin. Mm-hmm. Mm. But um, I think it's probably got to be Keeper of Traken, simply because I worked it out the 
second episode or the third episode, I'm sitting there going, that's the master. That's the, I'm sure that's the master. That's the good thing about wow. having yeah. um, missed those few years beforehand. Yeah. I hadn't got a clue. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no it, a good it, few years between them. Yeah, yeah but it, it, it made me... I was excited about that one. This is, this is my memories. Mm. I was excited about that one because I've worked it out. I know who it is. I'm sure it is. I think my, mm. mine's a mix between old school, the demons. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just think Anthony Annie's brilliant in that. And yep. I love the fact that the Roger mask plays the vicar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Um, yeah. And Mr. possibly Magister. the two-parter sound of drums mm. because it is yeah. so master heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And in that one, again, he does go from, you see all sides of him. You see mm. the reasonable yet dangerous man that up to the absolutely off his little tree. <laughs> Psychopath, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I th- believe the technical term is more nutty than squirrel shit. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Adam? I really don't know. Oh, I want to say something Delgado-ish, but... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know which one. Pertwee's not my my favourite doctor, so that pushes him down a bit. <laughs> I don't know. I'm always tempted to maybe heresy, but to say Mark of the Rani, <laughs> <laughs> even though he's he's hardly in it <laughs> compared to the Rani. But he had a lot of great moments with the Rani. I think that's what. Uh, yeah. yeah, getting getting really kneed in the balls was a yeah. highlight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the expression on his face. Yeah, it was good to see him with another Time Lord or Time Lady, if you will. Yeah, uh, who wasn't the Doctor. And she gave him a run for his money as well. Oh, yeah. but he was She completely sti- outclassed him. Yeah, <laughs> even though he was still trying to be holier than thou and more superior than her. Mm. Yeah. Didn't work. Yeah. For entertainment value, I think that one definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, I watched that one the other day, or not so long ago. That's yeah. the amazing line, Perry, the tree won't hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, that's wonderful stuff. We never really make a thing of what's the master's real name yeah okay it's called doctor who it's in the title but what's the doctor's real name it's all a big secret and you know, we mm. must never be told but nobody ever thinks what's the master's real name wasn't it Koshi? nobody cares that uh, that was from the virgin books oh right because right. they they yeah. did um a second doctor master story oh, okay and he it was they called him Koshi. Oh, okay. Even if they even accept that as canon, it probably be retconned as, oh, it's just his uh, nickname of the Academy or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the Doctor's nickname of being... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Perhaps it's because we want to know all about our friends, like the Doctor, not so much the person who might kill you for looking at them the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. One of the big Finnish audios mentioned that he calls himself the Master because he always managed to master any discipline that he turned his mind to. Mm. Apart from evil plots. (laughs) Yeah, which was a rather good explanation as to why back in the Academy or whatever, he'd call himself the Master. Yeah. Yeah. Presumably, just a little nickname he he had for himself. I think it's a king rather thing. Liked it. <laughs> yeah, he's a... <laughs> but you've got to wonder: is part of the reason the master is so bitter is because in the program in the universe, so much is made about the Doctor's name, yeah, yeah. the oldest question in the universe, and all that. Mm. The master's thinking, well, don't be cares. <laughs> I was at school with him. I've been there. I was there. Jealousy. Mrs. Clark used to call his name for the register every day. <laughs> I like some of the stories where the master. Master almost wants to be the doctor and 
companions and that kind of stuff. And he, he quite <laughs> likes it for a moment, these little pets, then he gets bored with them and yeah. kills well, them. That's, well, that's <laughs> one of my one of my favourite Michelle Gomez scenes was the one was which with is Jenna familiar. Coleman. Which is familiar. Which yeah, which is familiar, where um yeah. she's basically treating Clara as her um canary. Mm. <laughs> yes. And you know as, into as, the hole. as Keith as Keith has said before, the master would get through companions like we get through socks, you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's a deep yeah. hole. Can I climb down it? Put ah! you down. <laughs> Forty feet. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. That yeah. really was, and well deserved. She should be used. <laughs> <laughs> New Who makes a big thing of the Doctor needs companions to keep him or her yeah. on the straight and narrow. Yeah. And the Master's never really had that. No. And, Is that and also part of the reason why... It, it shows. Yeah. Yeah, because when, when the Doctor doesn't and he becomes Time Lord Victorious, you, yeah. you can see that fine line that he... Mm could go the other way i mean yeah. there are mm. times when the doctor behaves actually quite like the master and there are times where the doc the master's actually behaved more like the doctor well, um I mean, in different stories that's... and i sometimes get the feeling it wouldn't take much to push the doctor to become like the master but under certain circumstances and part of that is keeping people around him to keep him grounded mm. i mean that was the the idea behind the ending of waters of mars russell t mm. has stated this is how the master started this yeah. is what this was the beginning because yeah. with Delgado, when um, the master is with Joe, is mm. more of a gentleness for you know a, a psychotic bastard, but he's more tolerant of her than he is of others. Yeah, it almost has a sweet spot for her, doesn't he? Yeah. So if she mm -hmm. decided to, to go with him, could she have helped him? Could she have rose tilered him? Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Because well, even mean... in the in the movie, um, he kind of almost has a, an affinity with. I can never remember his name the 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 Asian child yeah yeah the Asian child yeah that was you get the feeling there there's that I've almost got a companion like the doctor but now what do I do with him other than kill him yeah, <laughs> yeah he just he breaks his neck doesn't he I, I'd, I'd like to point out the Asian child that was pe people criticise Eric Roberts for being far too camp and yes he was far too camp certainly yeah. towards the end but the, that line Asian child was almost Ainley-esque mm. in its <laughs> Yeah. In its portrayal, you could see, I could see Ainley there. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, the one thing I didn't, I, I think, put me off with the Anthony Ainley period was, and it wasn't his fault, it was the show's fault, was the trying to disguise the master all the time in the most <laughs> horrendous, awful disguises <laughs> you could see through. With Delgado, he would pretend to be other people, but, you know, he very rarely put on the rubber mask, but yeah. you got time but did, flight perfect, and that kind of stuff, yeah. and it's just like, can you not see that that's the <laughs> One of the ones I love is the King's Demons. Mm -hmm. And again, yeah, this is the advantage of having crap <laughs> eyesight is I didn't know it was Anthony Ainley. Really? Okay. Because yeah. it's just another blur with a funny voice. So I was genuinely surprised when it turned out to be the master. <laughs> whereas other people have spoken about, you know, after his first scene going, yeah, that's Anthony Ainley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so on, on the flip side of that, World Enough and Time when we had uh, John Sims. Mm. Now we knew He's really good. We knew John Sims was appearing. We knew that yeah. because it's. But me and you 
mm-hmm. watched it at about one o'clock in the morning coming back from an event. So we picked, uh, caught it up on iPlayer. And although I hadn't forgot John Sims was going to be in this, I didn't remember John Sims was going to be in this season. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was obviously that it was someone under uh, swaths of makeup, but my mind didn't go to John Sim. Yeah. No. And when he pulled no. off that mask. It was like, oh! Yeah. yeah. Now I rewatch it, of course. I, I can hear his voice. Yeah, yeah, of course. Obvious. But at the time, I didn't see it at all. Yeah, that, nope. was, yeah. that was very well done. Yeah. yeah, I think it does help the prosthetics also now a little bit better than oh, they were well, back I in Anthony Ainley's I, 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 I don't know. Some of Anthony Ainley's prosthetic masks were, were wonderfully fantastic. <laughs> it almost looked as if another actor was playing the role until he took the mask off. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it was. <laughs> okay, so... Um, We've also listened to Masterful. Masterful, yes. Big Finish doing their version of The Five Doctors. Celebrating the 50 years of the Masters. Seven Masters or whatever it turned out to be. Yes, yeah. I didn't get too far in listening to all of this, unfortunately, for various reasons. So I've only kind of like heard the first few and partway, basically the um, Pertwee ones. um, And I'm partway through the Save the Planet one. The two and a half I've heard are are basically the master's monologue, for want of a better way of putting it. The earworm. Okay, I've not heard those. I've only heard Masterful itself. Yeah, year. I've only heard Masterful. So itself. we'll concentrate on Masterful and perhaps yeah. just briefly touch on the others. But so which one's Masterful? Is that the, the, the first one with, one with the all the masters? And... All I the haven't ma- actually yeah. heard that one. Okay, so that well, one no, okay. So Masterful. It stars, yep. and it's quite a long list. Yeah, it is a long list. Derek Jacobi, Michelle Gomez, Mark Gatiss, Jeffrey Beavis, Alex McQueen, whose voice is just honey. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Roberts, John Sim, and Milo Parker. And yep. right, let's quick rundown of the uh, plot. <laughs> of course, <so. laughs> quite a lot of it. It is about three and a half hours long. Yeah, it mm. is. Yeah. So a long old story. Yeah, it's ba- I basically to the short trips that went with this. Okay, yeah. Basically, the master, aka John Sim, yeah, has won. Yep. He's conquered the universe, and he claims. decides claims to. He decides <laughs> to celebrate by using the time scoop to bring his other selves together, except for one. Yeah. Oh and yes. She is irked. <laughs> and of course, it's all gone a bit wrong, and he's unleashed something he really didn't want to unleash, uh, and the universe is yeah. in peril. Everything yep. is ending. Yeah. Everything. Now, this was a bit of um Oh, it was two sides of the same coin, this one. Every mm-hmm. single thing with Derek Jacobi, Alex McQueen, and Michelle Gomez in, I was mm-hmm. riveted to. The all rest right. kind of merged into one. And oh, okay. Keith used the word fan wank. I did. I did. <laughs> which an awful lot of it was. There was an awful lot of repeating phrases and lines from the series of old. It, it, it was. Particularly with Anthony Ainley Master. Yeah. yeah. He's played by John Coleshaw. But then that makes sense because you have to sell the fact this is, is Anthony Ainley's Master. Yeah. When it's not played by Anthony Ainley. Yeah. yeah. It worked well, I thought. Well, if you'll excuse me, I, it's fan wank. It's definitely fan wank. <laughs> now, we have various stages. You've got Fan Wank a la Three Doctors, Day of the Doctor, which is magnificent. It's up there. And then we've got Fan Wank, which is the Five Doctors, which is sort of down there somewhere. (laughs) Uh, For me, this was more of the down there somewhere. See, I don't agree with that. I think it was more of the up there, simply because of some of the performances. 
the kid who played what's his name milo parker the kid who played the young master the, the, you get yeah. the impression it's the first incarnation yeah it it is, is, it's an older version the one who looked into the untempered schism yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He's, he's not much more than a boy yeah i found him to be and it, it sounds horrible i found him to be the weak link i found him bland compared to the others but then this guy he's is just stepping out onto yeah. his acting career yeah and he's up against david jacoby and the like for god's <laughs> sake yeah. so yeah you know it sounds a bit cruel to say i found him to be the weak link but he, there wasn't quite enough about him to my I, mind yeah mm. but that works because he isn't an unformed young master who they make a thing of he isn't pure evil yet yeah, yeah. he hasn't gone to the depths that some of them have yeah. yeah he will kill if he has to for the greater good yeah. effectively at this point yeah. Yeah. but it, it was just it was just forgettable um i've always both the doctor and the master no matter how young i've always thought that they would have just a little spark about them and i felt that was missing but okay. you know whereas the rest of them oh that rem- while i remember of course obviously delgado couldn't be there <laughs> yes and yeah. i love the reason why because we have <laughs> yeah. we have Katie Manning as Joe, yeah, and mm-hmm. Delgado's master recognised the signs of a time, time scoop when yeah. he saw one, apologised yeah. to her, and pushed her in, <laughs> <laughs> and that is perfect, yeah, absolutely perfect. It sort of also sums up Delgado's master perfectly. He apologised yes. before. So sorry, Miss Grant. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing is, older selves don't do the same thing. Did they not learn? Well, <laughs> they're going dodgy. Well, again, it's a case of was there anyone with them? And if they're taken out of time, then none of them are going to remember it anyway. Yeah. That's true. In fact, the one thing you could complain about is the whole thing is effectively reset at the end. Yeah, that was another one of my problems, is, yeah. is the fact that the essentially because of the re- resolution of the story, none of it actually happens. Yeah, it was yeah. it was such a big story, and there was so much to it that it deserved better than the Bobby Ewing impact. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think there's nothing they could have done. They couldn't have kept how things were going as reality. Yeah. Because that's the end of the entire Doctor Universe. Yeah, but <laughs> so they couldn't do that. It seemed um, a lazy way to to end it, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't mind because it gave us the opportunity to really explore the different versions of the Master, and they were all the Master, but oh, yeah. different in their own ways. Well, th- this is the trouble. I mean, quite a few of them have a distinctive voice, so you you, you can recognise almost instantly who. Who they are. Alex McQueen. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the problems I had was again the the first master simply because I haven't heard him in anything else. He's he's a big Finnish creation and he hasn't appeared anywhere. And also I couldn't recognise John Sims. I lost John Sims. I can't understand that. As soon as he said his first line, I knew no, it was him because no, that's when I I elected yeah, I know, you. I know. I know. I just. Sorry, no, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't yeah. recognise him. I, I lost him compared to all the others. I lost him. Is your hearing okay? <laughs> I must admit, when I first started listening, I didn't immediately recognise him either. But I've been re-listening to it from the beginning today. I now it's fine. But, it's uh, a bit like with Well Enough and Time. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. didn't recognise him there either. But, uh, but now I, when I rewatch it, at the moment I've it, only so. heard it the once. So. I loved yeah. the uh, the version that ended up stranded with what was the name Kitty. Oh, uh, the crispy master. Yeah, That's, yeah, Jeffrey Beaver's master. Yeah. The, the, well, the bit, the bit where what? the bit where he looked in the mirror and realised through it was a perception filter, obviously, but realised yes. he looked normal. Yeah, and it was it yeah. was just genuinely moving. Yeah. 
And he built up such a, rela- a relationship Rapport. with her. It was, oh, uh, I mean, uh, the scene where um he said he had to leave and then between them they came up with 50 excuses for why he had to stay a bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I personally, I did love the fact that it was the Eric Roberts master who came in and deliberately and maliciously screwed the situation yeah. up because yeah. he could. Yeah. Well, so if he then did get attached to her, he'd end up more like the Doctor and his later selves wouldn't be nasty. Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's why I love liked that segment because you saw the yeah. man rather than the psycho and it was it yeah. was good to see it was good it does lend weight to the fact that the master had somebody yeah even one thing i thought about was the doctor has a favorite time and place yeah you know, modern day earth particularly the uk for some reason he's got a place of refuge he comes to a second home yeah, yeah. Mm. the master doesn't seem to have anything like that yeah no. that we know of there are times where the master almost seems jealous of the doctor. Oh, and that's yeah, where I yeah. think the brothers thing came from. It was almost as if the doctor was the the clever, successful older brother, and the master was always holding on to his coattails, trying to get his parents' attention. Mm. Mm. Maybe another segment that I thoroughly enjoyed was Katie Manning yeah. with Michelle Gomez. Yeah. <laughs> the team they, up. Well, they were just wonderful together. There's um the master Missy for, pretends to forget Joe's name and mentions that perhaps, you know, uh, the, the doctor yeah. should give his pets all the same names. And yeah. Joe says, well, perhaps we should wear labels. And there's this beat of silence. And then, no, don't make me like you. <laughs> but in a what, Scottish was, accent. <laughs> yeah, whatever that was. Uh, it, did, it did evoke Missy and Clara. Very in, much. Very much, very much. It's, it, you can see where they were getting inspiration. Uh, I, think, I, I certainly think that the Gomez master works well with someone else. Mm. Someone to bounce yeah. off of. Yeah. Whether that be Capaldi or a yeah. companion or something, yeah. yes. Well, so I quite like the Mark Gatiss master turned up, even though yeah. his master isn't from that universe at all. Yeah, it's... Um, it's from the Unbound universe. Yeah, the Unbound universe, yeah. He wasn't in it long enough, though, no, was he? No, He wasn't in it very long, but he did come along and destroy Gallifrey again. <laughs> <laughs> How many times can you destroy a planet? It's a very <laughs> fragile planet. But bouncy, a very bouncy itself. But I like the fact it pretty much happened in a scene or two. Yeah. yeah. And it does give some credence to how Sasha Dwan's master managed to destroy Gallifrey. Because we all thought, how does one person destroy Gallifrey? And now we know. And in here, they show you. Yeah. <laughs> Bang. And it felt perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay. I can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting to Eric Roberts playing quite a suave, or yeah. trying to give off a quite a suave <laughs> sort of master there. Yeah. Very different to the slightly unhinged one we had in the TV movie. Yes. I, I, I can see links to the unhinged tin uh, uh, TV movie, but it's there a, were definitely hints of it. Yeah, yeah it's a toned down version. I haven't read them all. I haven't listened to them all, so I don't know how this master's been resurrected or, or returned no, to us. Me, but I'm a bit behind. I know there's a cu- uh, there's a couple of stories out there with the Eric Robert master now. There are, yeah. Is there one in the Missy box set? I'm not sure. I think there's always the temptation as well when you've got things like this. Distance allows the writer and the actor to maybe play the part closer to how they would like to have played it at the time, not necessarily how they were directed to play it at the time. you just got to listen to Colin Baker's Doctor, and that's much, much more closer to what he would like to have done than he was allowed to do. Yeah, I think it helps that it's audio as well. I think Eric Roberts plays to the camera, I think, pretty much all the time, (laughs) There is no camera. Maybe he he can act a bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's not dressing to the occasion this time. There was a perfect description, one word description on Twitter of Colin's uh, 
tenure um, at Big Finish. It just oh, yeah. said Titan. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I oh, thought that yeah. fit perfectly. Yeah. 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 But we're not talking about him. <laughs> no. But the Doctor is mentioned several times, which again feels fitting. Yeah. It gives that whole impression the Master is obsessed with the Doctor. Mm. Well, there's a, a period where you ha- actually have uh, a... Third Doctor. Third Doctor. Sort of. I, I did like the inclusion yeah. of Chameleon there, complete with yeah. the uh, noise of him walking. Oh, yes. Yeah, you had the... The, the servos. Oh, was that the same as from the TV? Oh, oh God, know. yes. Oh, was it? Yes. Because <laughs> they used God, to have real problems no. with, with the... Um... Well, he couldn't walk the real thing, couldn't walk. It, it. it well, could. No, but... it, it could initially. It actually did function completely, but it was so ruddy noisy, so unreliable. That's why I ended up sitting down my most of the time and not doing a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I, they say I don't think it's true. No, I Chameleon, say, they've, I they've some, only just... Some in that. Chameleon was quite functional, just not for long periods of time and not without making so much noise. The new yeah. sound man A couple of guys bad. in the shed mm. did what Boston Dynamics took 30 years more yeah, to do. Yeah, I was, was, was going yeah, to say, they've only just really come out with androids or But even so, with, with the small movements that he did, yeah. the yeah, arms he, and the head... When he turned his head... Yeah. 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 Well, it was yeah, more, yeah. It was all, yeah. more of an ultimate... Automaton than he was um, an AI. Yeah. Mm. Also, I like the very brief inclusion of the Lumiat. I think oh. appeared on the, another Missy. Yeah, yeah. Box set. She's meant to be the Master's version of the Valyard. Yeah. So instead of being evil, being it's the Master's version, it, it's good. she's good. It's good. Mm. Yeah. And here again, she's doing what the Valyard tried to do, and is trying to get the Master's lives, which is exactly what John Sim is trying to do as well. well. Yeah. <laughs> So lots of trying to steal your own lives here. There is. Time lots are weird. (laughs) They are. (laughs) But overall, apart from, you know, a couple of minor quibbles, I I thoroughly enjoyed Masterful. So so don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you did. No, you didn't. Yeah, (laughs) that's a shame. Listen to it again, I'd say. Yeah. It's one which benefits from having a second listen because it is so much there. So many different characters in the same sort of scenario, but in different parts of that world. Yeah, it's all all the same story, but... When you say it's about three hours long, is it mm. a straight listen or is it being yeah. episodically done? There, uh, it's three uh, episodes. Two, yeah. Was it two? There are episode breaks, although in the version I've got downloaded off the Big Finish side, it's all in one for some so, reason. So if you were listening to it and you, you couldn't put an hour, three hours aside of your life, you could actually listen to it in one hour blocks. Yeah. Like, like yeah, um, a modern, like it's actually got sensible breaks. break points. Yep. It has got, got a couple a of cliffhangers, literally a cliffhanger. Yeah. Got Joe doing a cliffhanger thing. I was a bit, wor- off a cliff. I was a bit worried not, about not Joe. Not playing it a fire. <laughs> or whatever it well, was. Well, she does get killed off. She does, yeah. doesn't she? She does. <laughs> but How as many previous- times? Just once. It was all that was needed. I was all the way to the end. I was like, have we forgotten that Joe's dead? <laughs> Again, this was another thing that sort of, uh, yeah, right. Is she's either coming back or this is not going to happen? Yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah. I did like the overall concept of what is destroying the universe. <laughs> and it was the master? Yeah. Mm. Okay, Jean, tell us yeah. about the um. What are they called? Soliloquies? It's literal talking books. Short- talking so, books. Yeah. What, what else is on there? You've got some short trips. The first one is um, "I Am the Master." What's that about then? That one is <laughs> it's literally it's a monologue. I loved the central conceit of this one. Is this a Derek Jacobi? No, no Jeffrey Beavers. It's, it's oh, Jeffrey it? Beavers yeah. reading it. 
yeah. as the master. So the master Excellent. is telling you the story. The story. He's got a great voice, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. And I, silky. So I get him and yeah. Derek Jacobi, sometimes they merge because they've, yeah, they've, they... they've got that honey voice <laughs> yeah. and the way they pronounce certain words. I don't know. It, it, you didn't recognise John Sim when you heard him. I know, exactly. <laughs> Bland and disappears into the background. <sighs> don't hate me, John Sim. I'm going to hit you now. <laughs> Ow! Sorry, Jean, carry on. It's it's because uh, it's got an earworm in it. Uh, yes. It plays on the earworm. Right. Um, it's like the master is talking to you and he, from a recording studio where you get music that becomes an earworm and his voice becomes an earworm. And he uses it as a Ooh. way to engage with the listener to yeah. take control. Is it Froggy went to courting, he did ride a hum? <laughs> no. 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 It, it, it's very, very cleverly done. I yes. quite like the whole play it, on it. It's only yeah, about, it's, what, half an hour? Yeah, it, right. it's one that doesn't break the fourth wall, but distorts it slightly yeah. and includes you as part of the story. Oh, I like those. Because mm. Big Finish did a very good one of those. It, it didn't is. They? It yeah. is. You, you are the listener. He is yes. the master. You will obey. Yeah. Oh, is that is that, <laughs> that is that the that, is, is that part of the well, year? It, it, that is actually yeah. actually one point is uh, right. I think the disc is uh, ending now. You might need to uh, turn over. You won't go away. Oh, will you? Will you? <laughs> it, it's very much like that. The um, I did like the next one. The switching. Yeah. Simon. Simon Gurrier. And basically, you don't know how or anything else, but it's probably after or just before Mind of Evil because the master is in prison and it's Pertwee's doctor and Joe's gone. Joe's gone off down up the Amazon. <laughs> and somehow or other, the master and the doctor switch bodies. I would have placed this one, actually, because Joe is in it. She's in it briefly. I would have placed it more just before Sea Devils than... Ah. But it's, it's quite funny because the master obviously knows what's going on. The doctor hasn't a clue, basically. Yeah. And the master's just having a day trip out round the unit HQ. He's aware that his time in the doctor's body isn't going to last very long. And he uses it to try and get a cell with a better view and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing I thought was interesting is that the two characters, all the way through, the master's calling the Brigadier Sir and saluting yeah, a mom. Yeah. And, and become get the clue? No, that everyone's no, no. going, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And he's also like, there's, there's comments like, how stupid is the Doctor? He's lived on this planet for how long and he hasn't picked up the basic civil civilities kind of stuff. Ah. <laughs> and then you've got the Doctor in the Master's body getting very frustrated and ends up being chained to a tear because he's become so violent and assaulted the prison staff it and it's the right. attempts to break out yeah. in the most and basic that way twist between yeah. the bad guy being played by the good guy but actually becoming the bad guy and the good guy being played by the bad guy becoming well, the good the guy, guy. I mean, this is um, something and, I, I wanted to point out during the first uh, segment of this podcast is mm -hmm. the third doctor John Pertwee's doctor was always arrogant, shouting, mm -hmm. throwing his weight yep. around and being very stroppy, while yeah. Delgado's master was always civil, polite and courteous and mm. would only throw a temper tantrum when he was by himself with no yeah. one watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't got true. all the way through the last one, which was um, Terror, Terror of, the master, of the Master, which Ooh. is John Coleshaw. This, now, this one I, I've enjoyed. I, well, I started to get a bit... I hate this word woke, 
But I started to get a bit annoyed with it because Why? it's a bit woke. Okay, in what way? In um, what way? It's about pollution. Yeah. Okay. The fact that, sorry, back in the 70s, everyone's driving cars that are creating carbon monoxide and, and the pollution and the doctors. Mm-hmm. Are, but it's kind of like almost retrofitting it to a point where it's like, I get this, but, you know, kind of like, ah, and I know it's integral to the story, but for some reason, just how it was done felt quite heavy-handed to me. I I have to disagree. Yes, it might seem a little bit heavy-handed, but I think it is quite in keeping with the time of John Pertwee's era. Uh, Green Death. um, It is, but but the Doctor himself never behaved in that way. That's what I mean about retrofitting. I I I don't think so. I think he did. I think and he did. I think he didn't go over the top because he knew humans at that point weren't ready. This is it. Well, in this, he's Maybe. going a bit over the top. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, I, right. I've enjoyed this. <laughs> I've enjoyed this enormously. Of the uh, talking books, I think this has been my second favourite. My least favourite was the the switching, simply mm-hmm. because it's a standard talking book with an actor mm. use uh, with a narrator using his own voice and explaining and speaking both roles. Who who's doing that? Simon that... Gurrier? He's a writer. Did he also narrate it? I don't I don't know off the top of my head I really couldn't tell you who narrated it. But um it's the story's okay and I I love the bit. I've got no real complaints of it. What I'm loving about this one is narrated by John Coleshaw. Oh, he's so doing you've some got, wonderful voices. So you've got John Coleshaw, you've got his impeccable impersonation of Lethbridge Stewart. Mm. His Pertwee is his favourite impersonation, so that is wonderfully refined. And this is the first time we've had him attempt at a Delga- Delgado master, and it is a passable Delgado yeah. master. You can tell who it's meant to be. I'm not oh, too keen on his Benton and Yates, though. <laughs> oh, I thought his Benton was spot on. I really thought his Benton was quite good. The I switching the, the, was narrated the... by Duncan Wisby. Duncan oh. Wisby. Oh, OK. I thought right, one he... of the um, Dead Ringers. Yeah. I thought John Coleshaw's impersonation of um, the Brig was actually almost better than his impersonation of um, Pertwee. Yeah, quite They're possibly. pretty good. And if there was a shame about Masterful, it is the fact that Delgado's master wasn't in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the master that started it all off. But, yeah. You know. He's the template. He uh, is. The... It's a shame he wasn't there. That's because he was too clever. with Chameleon. <laughs> Maybe could have John Coleshaw do a Chameleon version of Delgado briefly, just to have him there. But I preferred this one because you've got the whole cast... It's only one person, but you've got the whole cast there. I'm going to have to listen to those. It's the first one sounds fascinating. They are. I, I did like the first one. I wasn't sure what was going on with it because it's it's a spoken word rather than audio play. But yeah. even being a spoken word, it is kind of still an audio play, yeah, which I know yeah. sounds hard to understand, but it makes sense when you hear yeah. it. Okay. It's, it's a, a full cast audio play of one. Yeah, <laughs> it's a spoken yeah. word, but it's the master. So he literally is just talking to you. Yes. Oh, He's yeah. He's talking to you, and you will... <laughs> Listen <laughs> to the end. Was that actually written by Jeffy Beavers? As it well was as written by performed? him as well. Martha, yeah. um, I am the master. Yes, he has done a few things for Big Finish as a writer as well as a, an actor. Yeah. yeah, written and performed by Jeffrey Beavers. Mm. Mm. 
Excellent. And like it's I said, great. I, it's not long, but it's well worth it. Yeah, I prefer my uh, talking books when they, they try to act the part, when they try to act the roles. They may not use the same voice, but they use a different voice from their narration voice. Yeah, okay. oh, yeah. that's what I think I like about I Am the Master because it, it's not really a talking book, is yeah. it? It's no, it's the master doing a monologue. Yeah, yeah, he's in character it, it, yes. in the play. Yeah, yeah. so it's not Jeffrey yeah. Beavers; it, it's actually the master. Yeah, there, there, okay. there are no descriptions. There's no he said, she said. It's right. just him okay. monologuing. Well, that was us waffling on about the master for a, quite a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we would like to hear your thoughts about various regenerations of the master. Your favourite stories, your favourite scenes. Do you think they've all been rubbish? Do you think they've all been brilliant? <laughs> Write to us, please do, via show at Staggering Stories dot net. If the Doctor's marvellous, all of him. Is the Master menacing, all of him? No, as I said at the beginning, he's a bastard, all of him. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. All of them, yes. Yeah! And now for feedback right thank you thank you thank you we have two quite lengthy letters so i have taken a swig of my squash and i will read them and you burped i did well yes we've heard from sandro hello Sandro. speaking of hellos yes we've forgotten someone again adam he's getting down off the spike he's crawling down by his lips That was scary. That was. I think we should greet him okay. in the required yeah. manner. One, two, three. Hello, I can't see anyone else on this Skype, but I know no. that Terence is there. Terence is there. Terence yeah. is watching over him. That's good. We've got a bubble bath Grogu here. Oh, a bubble bath Grogu. <laughs> oh, fa- Father Christmas bought that for you, didn't he? Yep, yep. Anyway, Sandro, what were you saying? He says, Happy New Year. Happy new singular episode of Doctor Who. Happy farewell to 2020. (laughs) As always, your predictions, hopes and fears episode was a lot of fun. While listening, I was inspired to also make a few guesses as to what 2021 has in store for us. Oh, Oh, God. Either way, I'm sure it'll be a year of stuff and things. (laughs) I'm sure. Number one. Jodie Wataka will sadly, sadly announce that she's leaving Doctor Who. However, Chibnall will stay on as showrunner, sharing the news that Joe Martin will take on the lead role of the Doctor. An idea Ooh. I have as to how this will happen is that Jodie won't regenerate. Ooh. She'll instead be taken prisoner or exiled by the Time Lords or the Daleks or some other force. We'll then follow Martin's Doctor for a little while before their paths meet again in an all-star special or season finale, followed Ooh, by a regeneration <laughs> and show and change of showrunner. I actually really like that idea. It'll <laughs> be quite good. Yeah. Can't see it, but... Uh, no, nor can I, but you never know. Yeah. Number two... Doctor Who Season 17 will be remastered and released on Blu-ray, meaning that Keith will once again be forced to revisit the horns of Naimon for a review. <laughs> if I may. Yes. No! <laughs> Number three. Star Trek colon Picard will be cancelled. Seven Aww. of Nine will get her own spin-off show, though maybe not with that Australian guy. <laughs> Just her on her own. It'll be good, hopefully. <laughs> Number four. Warner Brothers, HBO Max's, DC's, Zack Snyder's Justice League will be fine. Okay, at Mm. best. Adam won't even watch it. (laughs) 
I probably will, but I'm not expecting anything much. I, from... I think it will be a letdown. Number five. I think it will be too. Number five. Speaking of DC, studios will learn the wrong lesson from the poor reception of Wonder Woman 1984. I'm not sure what that lesson will be, but they will learn one. <laughs> Number six. With there only being around six weeks in 2021 without any new Marvel Cinematic Universe movie <laughs> or TV yep. episode being released, everyone yeah. will start getting sick of superheroes around August. Yeah. We'll see their <laughs> schedules for 2022 releases be greatly reduced. Mm. Number seven, Antonio Banderas, Jessica Alba, Danny Trejo and other actors that Robert Rodriguez frequently works with will all appear as guest stars in The Book of Boba Fett. Quentin Tarantino will write and direct an episode. (laughs) 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 Number eight, the majority of big budget blockbusters will get poor reception and underwhelming box office numbers, leading to less bloated and ridiculously expensive studio movies in the future. I'm not sure (laughs) if this is a fear or a hope, both probably. Yeah. Mm. Number nine, David Lynch will die. I will mm. be very sad. Ah, wow. Number ten, with David Lynch dead, Mark Frost <laughs> will make a new season of Twin Peaks in 2022 or 2023. Everyone will hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Number eleven, William Shatner. Oh God. Will become yep. Lord Emperor Supreme of Earth. Ooh. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> now for a review of Revolution of the Daleks. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. I remember that. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, as always, for the podcast, Sandro. Thank you, Sandro. Thank you, Sandro. <laughs> I like your reviews. You edit yourself well. <laughs> <laughs> Concise. Right. Our second epic tome. It is, isn't it? I know. Oh, I just so- scrolled all the way to the end to look. Our second epic tome is from Mr. M. Hello, Mr. M. M. He shouts, Hello, team! (laughs) Wow. Then he turned the caps lock off. Uh, Okay. Apologies, this might be a long one. Oh, certainly, people. That's what he said. (laughs) Just like the good old days. Revolution of the Daleks. Hmm. It's hard to come up with anything to say about this episode. On the whole, I enjoyed bits of it, and other bits... Nah, I guess I'll break it down into a few different elements. <laughs> Number right, one, so. what was the point of locking the Doctor up? I can see how Chibbers may have been trying to use this as a way to shunt Witaka's recovery time from the timeless child to one side, but unfortunately I feel like that was something that we should have seen. The Doctor grappling more with herself, trying to Ooh. feel herself <laughs> out and discover Ooh, herself. Yeah. Brackets, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> whilst he knows you so well, Adam. <laughs> whilst cut off from the outside world. Ultimately, Wataka remains a stable and solid lead, handling the poorly constructed dialogue with her usual flair. There were less CBBC <laughs> moments as well. I'm looking forward to seeing how she will develop in the next series. Yeah. Jack. Mm, which one? <laughs> well, I was surprised. In Fugitive of the Jadoon, Jack seemed like he had been jammed into the script at the last minute, rather than lovingly folded into the pages of Chibnall's meandering mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I was surprised that Revolution has left me with much the same feeling. What did he, other than breaking out the Doctor, actually contribute? I kind of feel like they wasted the opportunity. And what was the OOV goodbye all about? Extremely odd. Yeah, that was very strange. Number three, Ryan and Graham. Rose got locked in a parallel dimension 
Amy and Rory jumped off a New York skyscraper. Clara got to travel <laughs> through time and space in an American diner. And Ryan oh, and Graham just leave. Graham seemed to take a leaf out of Yaz's book of non-existence in this episode, giving Bradley <laughs> Walsh nothing to do. I guess there's just too many game shows that need hosting. Yep. It was a letdown to see him go with a whimper rather than a bang. Mm. As for Ryan, well, I think I'll come back to that later. Ooh. Number four, Yaz. In a shocking turn of events, I was surprised <laughs> to find that they seemed to have given Yaz <laughs> some semblance of character in this episode. Yeah. And I kind of like it. Mandib <laughs> is a talented actress, and she has a joy and zest of adventure that is reminiscent of Clara. Maybe too mm. reminiscent. I predict a <laughs> sticky end for that girl. That's what we say. That's what, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Number five, the plot. Daleks mm. as peacekeeping drone force is a good idea, but I feel that as with most Chibnall episodes, it was a bit undercooked. The design mm. of the Daleks drones looks gorgeous on screen, and I did like the big effect shot moment when we zoomed into the heart of the Dalek Empire. Cool stuff. To sum up my thoughts, I suppose that I find it hard to craft an opinion on this episode for the same reason I find it hard to craft an opinion on most of Chibnall's episodes. Every scene, character, story and episode feels like it's been created specifically to appeal to you. The you is inter interchangeable, meaning that every element is honed down to have a very direct and minute line of fire. I don't have a problem with trying to create a diverse and varied range of audience identification figures, but what this generally leads to is a very unbalanced viewing experience. It feels like we are constantly jumping around from one point of appeal to another without there being any transition between it. Instead of trying to make a cake that everyone will like, Chibnall has <laughs> taken everyone's favourite ingredients, shoved them in a blender, and thrown them at your face with full force. <laughs> this approach is exemplified by the scene where Ryan and Wataka sit down in the middle of the plot to talk about feelings. I'm sure some people like that scene. For me, it felt so cack-handed, so blatant, so unsubtle. This patchwork approach to storytelling feels unnatural and forced and constantly jolts me out of the story. I guess I would settle on giving this episode a 7 out of 10. We said the same thing about that scene with Raz and, Raz and Yayan, with, with Yaz and Ryan in Rosa, when yeah. they, they sat down to talk about their yeah. feelings. Yeah, it does feel like occasionally Chimmel thinks, oh, I, I haven't had any character moments for a long time. Let's put one in one here. In. <laughs> wow, I've rambled on a bit, just like the good old days. But at least my spelling has improved a bit. I used to type by whacking a mallet at the keyboard repeatedly, with often varied results. I'm going to give some predictions now. Oh, oh yeah. Predictions. Mm -hmm. Wataka will sign up for a fourth series, which will not oh. air until early 2023. Chibnall will not return as showrunner. <laughs> Oof. That'd be good, in general. Mm. I like those two, I think. 2023, I think, is unfortunate, but I think it's going to be the case. Yaz will meet a sticky end in series 13. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Whose sticky end will she Stop meet? Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> Jam, most probably. George R. R. Martin will finally release the winds of winter Ooh. but the huge weight and density of the book will cause a black hole to open up and the entirety <laughs> of New Mexico is reduced to a desolate wasteland <laughs> I hadn't thought of that 
<laughs> Donald Trump is revealed to be the new mutation of coronavirus sent back <laughs> from the future to destroy us all. Yeah. I wouldn't put anything past the time at the moment. <laughs> oh, I like this one. Fake Keith will be elected Prime Minister. <laughs> doomed. Oh, doomed. <laughs> you thought you suffered before. <laughs> Fears. Chibnall will return for season four. Season hmm. four. Due to the ongoing plague, production of series 13 will be so affected we only get three new episodes. Oh, wow. Karen Gillan's <laughs> legs will gain sentience and turn against her, throttling her to death and taking up a life of crime. <laughs> the signs have been there. Right. Yes, yeah. Well, they're her, already criminals, surely. And her knees go all unnecessary when she was doing Ruby Roundhouse. <laughs> Hopes and dreams. Yep. Staggering stories will start to release weekly podcasts. Do you want to kill us? Do you want to kill us? Karen Gillan will pose with a Dalek a la Katie Manning. It's not quite so good because Katie Manning was shorter than the Dalek. Yeah. So yeah. it made it kind of cute. <laughs> In a perverse kind of way. Hang on, who's going to be a la Katie Manning? Karen Gillan or the Dalek? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So it's Karen Gillan hugging a blob. Yeah. RTD will write new scripts for Big Finish. Oh, that would be lovely. Mm. Anyway, that's more than enough for now. See you next time, Mr. M. I, I'd like Thank to, you, Mr. M. Thank I'd you, like Mr. to M. point a few things out. Thank you, Mr. M. I'd like to point a few things out. That we have a theory about what Graham and Ryan is up to. Oh, yeah. We, well, I think we mentioned we it last time. It, yeah. They're just using their psychic paper for... Fighting crime, writing wrongs, and getting into funky parties. I, I just have these visions <laughs> of Graham getting into the royal box at Ascot. Yeah. <laughs> so he can sit suit. next to the Queen. Oh, he's wearing a suit, yeah. But... <laughs> right. Into the Queen's royal box, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sandro and Mr. M. Uh, thank you. We thank would you. love to hear from many, many more of you. Do you know how you can do this? No, how oh. can they do this? I think they can write to us via show... Oh. At staggering stories dot net. <laughs> and now over to Crumbly's Corner. Crumbly's Corner! <laughs> Hello, Crumbly here with an, another lockdown edition of Crumbly's Corner for your delight and delectation. Sorry I can't be at this podcast, but I'd like to share with you all my thoughts on the Master Box set and also throw in a slightly more than 30 second recommendation. Now, the Big Finish Master Box set is quite a handful with what appears to be two three-hour audio plays with two shorter segments sandwiched in between. I started listening to the first audio play which involved all of the incarnations of the Master meeting up in an abandoned castle. It reminded me of a rather more sinister reworking of last year's I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. With all the contestants, I mean Masters, all gathered around for all the world... Like they were going to sort of find out who was going to take part in the next Bush Tucker trial or who was going to be uh, voted off by the public instead. After listening for a while, I thought I would try the two smaller audio plays uh, instead. I Am The Master is more of a monologue than an audio play. Normally, the master can be suave, debonair and calculating, but this audio play or monologue just showed the master up for how cold and sadistic he can be. Unfortunately, it left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, so I turned my attention to the second of the short audios. This is more like an audiobook as opposed to a typical Big Finish production. It looks like the Doctor and the Master have had a uh, body swap due to an accident in the laboratory, and the Doctor has been imprisoned. 
It all ends on a rather inconclusive note with Joe and Mike Yates getting up close and personal and the Doctor still languishing in confinement. The only positive thing I can mention is the uh, reader of the story doing very good impressions of John Pertwee's Doctor and Sergeant Benton. Here, all in all, in summing up, a rather disappointing offering which I feel may only be sort of suitable for uh, completists. Anyway, on a more positive note, lockdown has seen myself and fake crumbly um, hitting Netflix big time, and we discovered the Umbrella Academy. This series is surreal, rude, anarchic, sweary, and above all, entertaining. For the uh, uninitiated, the whole series is about seven gifted people, all born on the same day and time, and who possess a wide range of powers. Um, I could say it's like a more um, dysfunctional version of The Incredibles. You have Luther, the big brother figure of the group, who has just come back to Earth after spending four years on the moon because his father wanted him out of the way. Somehow along the way, he has also acquired the body of a gorilla to boot. Then there is Klaus, uh, a drug-and-drink-addled wreck, who is somewhat uh, fey and can be somewhat kinky at times. He has the ability to speak to the dead when he is not intoxicated, but the scene-stealer is the unnamed Number 5, He has the appearance of a petulant teenager who can hop forward, backwards and forwards in space and time by willpower alone. He is, temporarily, older than the uh, others after a prolonged stay in the future where he formed a deep, loving relationship with a store window mannequin. However, on his return to the present, he discovers that, like Angus Young, the lead guitarist for ACDC, he is doomed to be wearing a schoolboy uniform and shorts for the rest of his life. Thrown into the mix, two psychopathic but strangely likeable assassins who go by the uh, rather implausible names of Hazel and Char-Char, and you have the recipe for a bizarre but very enjoyable TV series. Anyway, that's enough of my ramblings for now. Hopefully I'll, I'll be back in the studio for the next podcast. So until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Well, that, that was, was very enlightening. It was, wasn't it? You wouldn't know he'd got a cold. Yeah, yeah. No, fascinating. No. Lead us out, Crumbly. Oh, you're not Crumbly. Lead us out, Crumbly. <laughs> <laughs> Lead us out, Adam. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Aww. Aww. But never fear. Oh, God. The next one, there'll be more of the same. Oh, crikey. Oh, no. <laughs> more fun, frivolity and jollity. More news and reviews. More who, old and new. Aww. So until that... F for fantastic. Phantasmagoria. That's a P. Well, it sounds flailingly. Flailingly. Flippity jibbity. Follically challenged. Felicitates its way towards us. This is me, Adam, saying goodbye. Farewell. Au revoir. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 359, featuring Adam Purcell, Fake Keith, Gene, and the real Keith. The views expressed here are those of the speakers, but do not necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this has been an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. sake (laughs) your happy place my happy place is in a bottle on the other side of the room (laughs) (laughs) can you bring your happy place over (laughs) 
No, because then you won't get a lot of sense out of me if I dive into my happy place. <laughs> is it safe for me to make the joke? <laughs> I'll have to drive tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> we have no introduction. That's suitably masterly. It is. Well, do you want to do that as you've got a masterly voice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, you're a bloke. <laughs> <laughs> she called me a bloke. I want you to note this. She called me a bloke. That well, means I'm male. A sub-bloke. say bloke. Yeah, you're, you're a subsection of bloke. Still, you're, like, you're like the Brazil variant of the COVID virus. Oh, you're sort of unexplored and a bit, we- a bit baffling. I love you. I just want you to know that. <laughs> oh, poor you. What's my motivation? Just get on with it. <laughs> Domination. Well, yeah. I hope you'll get Karen all excited. Believe me, it will take more than that. Oh! <laughs> oh! Get on with it! Please, within the next five minutes, make up any intro that you feel would be appropriate. Five minutes? You want us to leave five minutes of lift music? <laughs> That's the gap. <laughs> And you because misquoted the master. I'm always misquoting. <laughs> you didn't write it down for me. Shall I do it? <laughs> God. <laughs> Where's Michelle Gomez when you need her? <laughs> yeah. Can you do a Scottish accent? Not very well. <laughs> Not without her hunting me down and uh, killing me. <laughs> it's too soft. It is. Yeah, it is, yeah. Well, quick news. Okay, it was something you get die. I was going to say I've time. checked and no one's dead. Well, lots of people are dead. That's the problem. But <laughs> no Tom Makers though. No. Just out of interest, uh, do you remember the woman who did Sapphire and Still reactions? Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. She's um, doing Babylon Five now. I know. Yeah, I've been watching them. Yeah. Ah, you may <laughs> see my comments on a few of them. Oh. I'll have to have a look. Jean, have you frozen? Oh, no, she moved her tongue. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's her natural frozen. <laughs> I thought she'd frozen and then her tongue came out. <laughs> By the it's way, like watching one of those frogs that David Attenborough talks about. <laughs> oh, that, that's that, cool. that came out that wrong. That is very cruel. <laughs> if, you're referring, if you're referring to this Sunday's episode... Oh, that was good. Wasn't you have it? to oh, apologise to I wasn't Jean. referring to this Sunday's episode, but... <laughs> This Sunday's episode of what? A Perfect Planet. Danger Mouse. Oh, I haven't seen any of it. Dan Greenberg. Oh, it's wonderful. It's this, <laughs> they're in the Gobi Desert and there's a frog that lives there, except it can't jump. It has to bury itself under the sand all day. And, oh, my, it, it's the size of a marshmallow. And it looks like, you know, those stress balls oh, when yeah. they get when they get really saggy. It mm-hmm. looks like a saggy stress ball <laughs> with four little legs chucked on. And it was trying to catch these these termites. And it sat there nice and quiet, which is good. And the termite crawled up its head and down over its mouth. And after the termite had got off, it tried to get it. And its little tongue isn't long enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's these termites are crawling over it and I'm going, now, now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's not you, Gene. (laughs) (laughs) And about looking at a meme. Okay, of what? Oh, God, that's 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 me. You're in a meme. Well, no, it's not me. It's Bugs Bunny. (laughs) I hate people who go to sleep as soon as they close their eyes. That shit takes me four hours, seven pillow flips, 11 different positions and three trips to the bathroom. Bugs Bunny's (laughs) going through menopause.
So until that... Fantastic. Flippin'. We're doing F. We're doing F. <laughs> Phantasmagoria. That's P. That is. But it's got Flies, not, not when it's Disney got spell sound. it. Not when Disney it's got spell it. Sound to it. <laughs> Fatally. Fantastically. Should we start that again? Because we've really overlapped. <laughs> God, woman, what are you doing? I, I would, I would, <laughs> I'm too this hurty. I, I would just like to say that if I'd committed a murder by now, I would have been paroled. The amount uh, of time this podcast has taken, oh, I would have got parole by now. Is it-